Live from Atlanta, Georgia, it's the Zach Ballinger Show, where we help you find your direction through passion and purpose. My name is Zach Ballinger. I'm your host. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We've got a great guest. Before we get started, there are two ways you can engage the show. First, email me, Zach at ZachBallinger.com with any questions. We can make sure to ask those to our guests. Always, we're going to be streaming YouTube. You can see those comments if you subscribe to the channel. We come up and populate, like the video, and you can follow us there and ask us questions right there in the comments section. Howard, thank you so much for joining the show today. Thanks for having me. So, Howard, you're going to be part of our career library. Tell us a little bit about your career. You're the world's fastest reader. Amazing. Tell us about that. I read faster than everyone else. That's the short answer. <laughs> I'll give you the long answer now. So I grew up in the projects in, in Brooklyn, and it was a very bad place to grow up. There were a lot of gangs. It was West Side Story without the dancing and music. I met Bernardo. He had a knife, and he wasn't smiling. And that's for real. I found the safest place in my neighborhood was the library. For whatever reason, gang kids treat libraries like vampires treat churches. They they don't go there. <laughs> the worst thing could happen in a library is a paper cut, which was a lot better than what happened outside the library. So I read a lot. So I had college reading when I was 11. I went to the State University of New York, Binghamton, when I was 17 to major in biology. And my second half of my junior year, I got interested in learning in the brain. So I told the dean, I want to major in psych and bio. And he said, you don't have enough time. You have one year left. You had no psych courses. I'll have to do the four-year program in one year. And I had to finish the bio program. And I had three jobs. I was working 18 hours a week. He said, you're not smart enough. And that's when I realized they never taught me how to learn in school. They told you what to learn and why to learn. And what happened when you don't learn, but not why you hear a song on the radio once, you never forget it. You read the seven habits of highly effective people, the next day you don't know any habits. So there's got to be a way to learn things the way you learn songs. I got up to 80 pages a minute. That's how I got in the Guinness record book. I did the psych program in one year. I took the GRE, which is the SAT for graduate school in biology, and I reviewed my books. So in three nights, I read like 48 books, like cell physiology, biochemistry, genetics, not the light reading. And I got three questions wrong. So I was in the 99th percentile. I got an 800. And then it was like, gee, I wonder if it's me or the system. Because if it's me, then that's nice, but no one else can do it. If it's the system, then it's replicable, and that's even better. So I took children, 11 to 15, taught them the system. They did a semester of lifelong developmental psych, a sophomore course in one week. They took the AP test at 15 out of 18 passed it in a week. They were 11 to 15. So I said, okay, now it's much bigger than me. I can teach this. And in a knowledge-based economy, it's all based on what you know. So I said, now I can really make a difference and help people. And that's why I'm here today, share what I've learned and hopefully help some of the people watching have better lives by learning faster and understanding better. I love your story because during my theme of my book and my show, I always tell people to find their strengths, their talents, their unique abilities, and harvest that into a career. 
That's what you've done. When And I believe you answered this, but I want to clarify something. How did you know that you had, you know, you're obviously the world's fastest reader. You've been on all these shows. You've been on TV, primetime TV doing this. It's absolutely amazing. I've watched some of your videos. Thank you. But when did you first know you had this unique talent? That was really different even as a young child. Uh, when I was very young, before we moved to the projects, I lived across the street from the Brooklyn Children's Museum. It's a different time. I was six six years old and went to the museum by myself and went to total strangers and gave them tours of the science exhibits and told them how everything worked, which most six-year-olds wouldn't do. And at the end, a lot of them would give me a quarter. And what I did is I donated it to the museum. I found at a very young age. I like to talk to people and teach and share. I was six years old. It wasn't like someone said, you want to be a professional speaker? I was doing it. I was doing uh, the planetarium. I'd gone to it so many times. I helped with the shows. When I was seven, I was teaching astronomy. I started reading books on mythology when I was eight, comparative religion and uh, science books. But so that's kind of how it started. And I was a professional singer when I was nine. I sang in Temple. And 1960, they paid me $3,000 to sing for 10 hours. Now, to put it into perspective, my dad made a good living. He worked t- six days a week, 10 hours a day, and made 10000 a year. And that was enough for a family of four to be middle class. I made 3000 working 10 hours. So it was a lot of money. It would be about $30,000, $35,000 today for a nine-year-old to work 10 hours. So it was real, but it didn't do it for the money. I like to sing. <laughs> I got on stage. I went to Atlantic City. I sang in hotels. I sang in all these big temples. I had big audiences, hundreds, sometimes thousands of people. And I loved it. So I never dawned on me. Someone would be nervous talking or singing in public. That's what I do. And I was a child. So it just naturally evolved when I became an adult to being a public speaker and trainer. That was what I was doing when I was five, six years old. I think that's how it started. I was a little different. Uh, I'd say my biggest challenge was EQ because I was probably an adult intellectually when I was seven. And I knew, and literally, I I had the intelligence of a normal adult when I was seven. But I also had the emotions of a three-year-old. So it wasn't a good blend. Uh, Because I stayed stayed away from people, because the people in my neighborhood were so violent. And so uh, not people you wanted to be around. They were beating and robbing and hurting and maiming. I just didn't want to be that person. But when you're developing your skills, when you're interacting with other people, I wasn't. Uh, And so it made me take a lot longer to figure out how to deal on the emotional level with other people, which caused problems for me as a child and as a young adult. Fortunately, I'm 72. I figured it out by now, mostly. Uh, and I have a very smart wife. She teaches me when I'm wrong, and she's got really good EQ skills. So, and listen, you listen to people. You know, you get feedback. Say, well, that didn't work. <laughs> you shouldn't do that again. You know? and that's how you learn. 
That's a great answer. Always to make sure to credit your wives for sure. Um, the question that I get, and Howard, I I, I just I, have I, one, just so you know. You said wives, plural. Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm We're in, not in Saudi you know, Arabia. I don't have a lot of them. <laughs> <my> audience. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, wives and husbands for my audience. I'm just too, um, I'm sorry. It was... <laughs> um, Howard, I I feel when I talk around the the nation about a career development that I really hone in on reading because I think books unlock knowledge and anything you want to learn from finance to career development, everything is in a, a book. But we have went away from that age, it seems like, where people just don't like to read. Um, how important is reading? Now, you, we can talk about careers all day long, but let's just talk in general. Why is reading important? And if somebody's watching this episode, why is it important to read a book? Let me elaborate on it. Today, people learn multiple dimensions. They read from e-readers. They, they watch podcasts, they learn from that, they watch videos, they're all data that's provided. And I just made a new part to my program, which is how do you learn on a Kindle? How do you learn on an iPad? How do you learn on a computer? How do you learn auditory like this? How do you learn visual? So you're correct, but, um, and books, here's the advantage, physical books, studies have shown the retention and understanding is better in a physical book than an ebook. However, more books are being read that way because the cost is less, the risk to the publisher is far less, printing a book, storing it in a warehouse, hoping maybe someone will buy it is a big risk. Putting it online with electrons, any sale you make is profit. There's no, you're not hoping your inventory sells to cover your costs. So you're seeing more eBooks. Plus there's a convenience. You could take hundreds of books on a Kindle, not in your pocket. So there's a trade-off. The learning is a little better on a physical book, but the convenience, the cost is much more conducive to e-reading. So I've actually probably one of the first people to do this, but you have to evolve. When the market changes, it's changing. You have to go where the people are, not where you want them to be. So I'm now teaching all these different ways to read. Now, to answer your question more succinctly, information doubles every six months. More is printed in one week than in all of history through the year 1800. The average person reads about 200 words a minute. That's about how fast they talk. And so... To be current in your field or to jump ahead of your competition, 200 words a minute just won't cut it anymore. And by the way, reading isn't learning. If I can elaborate on that, because it's important. A lot of people think it's reading. It isn't. You could read a book and fail. You can memorize a book and fail. How many people took calculus, learned all the equations, and couldn't solve a single problem? They didn't know what to do with the information. So what I look at is reading is to find what you need to know and don't know. That's step one. Locate the data that's relevant to your purpose. Always have a purpose. 
Zig Ziglar used to say, if you don't know what you're aiming at, how you're going to hit the target. Well, George Harrison, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there because you have no goal or destination. So the first thing is, what's the goal or destination? Two, what will other people want you to know? If it's a school or if it's a business conference, what will they ask you? You don't learn things that are irrelevant or superfluous. Three, you read it and didn't understand it. How do you make sense out of material that's confusing using study skills? Third, memory skills. So you remember it when you need to use it. You know, I know I learned it six years ago, but I don't know how to use it anymore. I haven't learned it. I learned it so long ago, I don't remember how to do it. That's another issue. And there's another one, which is EQ. Are you in the right state of mind to use it? So if I teach you to drive and you fail the road test because it's a test, you got nervous, what was the point of learning to drive? What if I didn't just teach you to drive, but how to stay relaxed, focused, and calm during the test? Have more successful students, more refer. So it's a Swiss Army night. Reading is getting the data, the relevant data, not stuff you don't need to know. Memory is for locking it in. Study skills is for analysis to make sure you comprehend. EQ skills make sure you're able to use it in the right frame of mind. Now, now you've got a solution. But reading by itself, the reason a lot of people drop out of school is they did read. And they failed anyway. And after they've done it several times, they're like, why should I work this hard for an F? I could do nothing but drop out and get the same grade. And they don't realize that reading isn't how many hours you didn't understand something and turn pages, or how many pages you turned and didn't understand, which is what they're measuring. Did you study? Yeah, I read four hours. Did you study? Yeah, I read 400 pages. You didn't learn anything. You knew nothing. I did a graduate course in educational psychology in seven hours. It was a 400-page book. I read it four times in seven hours. The AP test was six hours. I finished in 50 minutes, and I got a B plus. So why didn't you get an A? I didn't need an A. I needed four credits. I was a teacher, and I needed to get credits for my license. I didn't want to stick myself in a room for five months. So in seven hours and 50 minutes, I got the four credits. I needed a C minus. I got a B plus. So for my purpose, B plus was more than enough. I wasn't looking to learn the subject. I was looking to get the credits. So I achieved my objective. If I wanted to learn the subject, maybe I would have studied another seven hours and gotten to an A+. But I didn't need it, so I didn't bother. And that's really, really important. Never, You need to know your goal and your purpose so you don't waste time on something that isn't going to serve that goal or purpose. Did that help answer your question? Yes, thank you so much. And, you know, as the world's fastest reader, and we'll get to your curriculum in, in just a minute, but you, you're teaching people through this methodology how to read correctly. What do you love about your job? What makes you passionate? I love the results of the people get. I'll give you several examples. Stephen Terry graduated University of Texas Arlington at 16. He majored in economics. How did he do? 4.0, all A's. He went for a master's in math at 18 at OU, graduated at 19 with a 397 GPA, professor at Yale now. Uh, Micah Stanley became an attorney at 19 in California. 
His sister's 15, first-year law student. His brother's 17, second-year law student. They'll be the youngest two in history to pass the bar in California. Uh, Justin Brummett was a C student, normal kid at 11, became an English professor at 22 after I taught him. I trained the U.S. Special Forces at Fort Bragg. I trained the Royal Thai Army in Bangkok. It's exciting. I go all over the world, and I change people's lives for the better. I teach young people how to get grades. I teach business people how to learn information their careers depend on and make more money. And grandma and grandpa don't turn into vegetables because we found out people in their 80s who were readers had a lower onset of dementia and Alzheimer's that kept their brain strong. I'm 72. I don't think anyone thinks I'm feeble-minded. I keep writing and working and using my mind. It's like a muscle. If you don't use it, it atrophies. So you have to keep stimulating that brain. So that makes me feel really fulfilled as a human being. I look at the news and I say the world's in a lot of trouble. Nobody thinks there's too many smart people making too many decisions that are good. So, well, if I could reach people, make them smarter, think for themselves. A lot of what you see today is emotion, anger, resentment, hate, bigotry, um, people from the other tribe, whatever that one is, you despise them. We can't continue like that as a country or as a planet. What will diffuse it is an understanding, um, tolerance, intelligence. So we rise above the emotion and we do what's best for the country and not just ourselves. And that's not going to come naturally. It comes from people learning and understanding, learning EQ skills, learning self-discipline, learning tolerance. These are all things I teach. So I feel I can make an impact, a difference. And I feel I have to. I have grandkids. I'm concerned about the future for them. Right now, it doesn't look very good. I don't think anyone sees a bright future for anybody. The only job security you have today is between your ears. That's it. I don't care who you work for or what you do. If they can make more money without you, if a machine can do your job faster and better than you do it, you're gone. Truck drivers, 10 years from now, it'll be like typewriters. What's a truck driver? There'll be AI empowered computers going 24-7, never stopping to go to the bathroom. They don't need to sleep. They don't get vacation. But what are they going to do for a living? That's 5 million people. Where do they go to work? Walmart? They're going to have all computers there too. Banks don't have computers there too. It's already happening. All the low-hanging fruit jobs that made people a living for a long time are going to be mechanized by machines. You're already seeing it happen in stores. What do those people do to make a living? They're going to have to get a whole lot smarter than they are now and learn how to start their own business or learn how to function at a much higher level in another business. And they're going to go hungry and homeless. And I don't want to see that happen. I can help them. I had 11 to 15-year-olds they wanted to start a business to raise money for Downs research because one of the kids in the group, their brother had Downs. In their first year business, they built their own website and they were 11 to 15 using a book. They learned public speaking. They made 93,000 American dollars in their first year. They were 11 to 15. 
And this is the big thing. They won the Silver Pyramid. That's the Academy Award in advertising. They beat Rotary. They beat Red Cross. They were 11 to 15 years old. Imagine if all the youth in America learned how to do that. If people whose jobs are going to be taken away by computers learned how to do that, what would that do for this country and for these people and for the future? So I really feel it's a calling. I know I can help these people. I want to help these people. And I am helping them. So that's what excites me. It keeps. I told my wife I'm never retiring. As long as I can physically do what I do, I, I feel I'm supposed to do this. It's, it's, it's a calling. Because if awesome. people like me don't help, what's going to happen to the other people? It's going to be terrible. And I, I, I couldn't live with myself knowing I could have done something and did nothing. Thank that you. answers the question. Yes, thank you so much. So to transition that, where can people find you? So let's say somebody's listening. They're very interested. Right on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got an audio version too, Howard. So most of the shows listen to by audio. So how could they? how can they find you? Berg Learning, like my name, Berg, B-E-R-G, berglearning.com. That's my website. We have lots of programs. There's a big sale going on right now because of Black Friday. We kept it going. Uh, we have payment plans. We have a staff that helps them to need help. If they don't make it work, I do. I personally do it. You can see I'm a Rotary president. I have the batter behind me. I try to make sure people get what they paid for. I think every business should do that. If you didn't get what you paid for, why did you pay for it? You give them the money back. Make sure they learn what they paid for. And if they have a question, they can email me. My email is howard at berglearning.com. I do private teaching. I work with companies. I mentor them. I'm working now with a $100 million a year company, helping it become a billion dollar a year company. A lot of CEOs have me do the reading for them. They're busy. So they give me books that they want to know. I read it for them, and I tell them, this is what you actually want to know from the book. You don't need the 400 pages. Here's, the, here's 10 minutes of what you actually would take away from those 400 pages to, to make your business run better. And I, I do that for them. I'm, I'm the, like the, the CLO. I'm the chief learning officer, but I'm, I'm a proxy. So that's kind of what I'm doing, and uh, I like it. I enjoy what I do. So one more time for the audio listeners, um, your website. Berg Learning, B-E-R-G, learning, one word, dot com. And uh, I, I, I know it will change your life, and I can't do it unless you go there. I feel like it's like you could give a horse a bucket of water, but you can't make it drink. I can change people's lives. I can double or quadruple the rate at which they learn, improve their understanding, their attention. Help them make better decisions, stay ahead of the competition, be more innovative so they can connect more ideas that no one's thought of before because they've read and understood better. But they have to go to the website to learn it. And remember, if you need help, I will make sure you learn it. It gave me my email. So you can also email. If you're having a problem, tell me. I'll make sure you learn it because I want you to learn it. We need people who can think in this world. And we're not seeing a lot of that. You watch the news, you see a lot of craziness everywhere. Just anger and frustration. And people are scared. They don't know what they're going to do. 
And I and that's not going to fix itself. It's going to fix itself when people get smarter and the confidence that comes from knowing you could learn anything you need. I read 10 books in three hours and I learned Photoshop. I read 10 books in three hours. I learned video. I, now I make video programs. I use Photoshop on my website. I had an 84-year-old read three books in three hours. She's 84. So a normal person could read a book in an hour easily. Now imagine, Zach, if you're in business, and every day for the next year, you learn 365 new skills like Photoshop, marketing, communicating. Every day, what would it do to your business in 10 years, in 20 years, in 30 years? That's what I'm trying to do. Give people, I don't care about reading. I care about learning. And what learning does is transform your world. It transforms your life. It's these new skills that they can learn that can change everything. And that's what I'm trying to do is get them to berglearning.com so it'll happen, not just promise it'll happen. They'll see it happen. And if they don't, I'll make it happen. So they will be happy because that's what I'm, That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to make your customers happy. Howard, this has been great. Uh, fascinating career. Uh, I want to thank you for uh, giving back your time just to share a little bit on your career's perspective. Um, check out Howard's resources. I think this is absolutely amazing. Howard, thank you for your time. Thank you for giving back. And we appreciate you joining the show today. I appreciate being here. And I hope I've been able to help some of our listeners realize there is a way to become more successful in a knowledge-based economy. Learn faster and understand better. That's it. There is no easy way. That's the only way you're going to stay ahead of the, the firing block or stay viable as a business. Ask J.C. Penny and Sears what happens when you don't change. Mm -hmm. Ask Blockbuster what happens when you don't change. That's what's going to happen to a lot of people today that they don't learn to stay ahead of what's going on or they're going to wonder what went wrong. And it's not what I want to have. I want to help them stay ahead. Well said, Howard. Thank you so much. Guys, thank you guys so much for listening out there. This is the Zach Ballinger Show.